With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Podcast Playground. Hooray! Welcome to another special episode of Taking a Walk. Music history on foot. You can find Taking a Walk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, the Podcast Playground, or wherever you get your podcast. Please share this with your friends as well. This is the podcast where we dive deep into the lives and careers of musicians of all type, young and old. Today, your host, Buzz Knight, is thrilled to be joined by Steve Howe, legendary member of the band Yes. He's a guitar virtuoso and a progressive rock pioneer. And we'll welcome Steve Howe next on Taking a Walk. Hello, Steve. Oh, hi there, Buzz. It's Steve here. It's so great to talk to you. How are you today? Uh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Yeah, and yourself? I'm doing excellent here. I'm uh, sitting in my backyard uh, in Carlisle, Massachusetts, so you may hear the sound of some birds uh, I'd love to be taking a walk with you in person. Where are you, in London? Yeah, I'm in London right now, yeah. Well, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Yes album, Mirror in the Sky, and we're going to talk some history. But um, before I go on, I don't know if, uh, if you remember a moment that uh, you bailed me out uh, pretty significantly when I was doing... Uh, uh, a series of shows in London, and you graciously recorded an interview with me um, at that time in person. I got back 
to the studios in London and I realized there was nothing recorded. And um, so I went back and tried to bribe you with a, a Dwayne Eddy album and a bottle of champagne and you were gracious enough to bail me out, come back down to the studio and do the interview. Do you remember that? No, I don't, but it was an exception because usually I'd say, well, tough luck, no recording, goodbye. But anyway, I'm glad I did it. That was a nice thought, but I most probably, <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really appreciative, but thank you for, uh, for being on. So um, as you uh, recall your career, do you remember the, the first moment that you knew you were hooked on music and do you remember the first moment you knew you were hooked on being a guitarist well i guess when i was about 10 i thought i was getting pretty hooked to music and I'd, my parents had wonderful records by les paul and mary ford and also tennessee Annie ford with uh, speedy west and jimmy bryant playing great guitar solos on it but by the time i was 12 and i really wanted the guitar then i knew i was going to be a guitarist and you know i wanted to play the guitar uh, more than anything else uh and 12 pretty young although it's not as young as some star but uh, a couple of years later when everybody had been twanging like mad you know the the ventures the shadows the spot nicks Dwayne Eddy, all that stuff was kind of like peaking you know i discovered chad atkins and and he was my guy you know he was the versatile all-round guitarist he was also a producer fun enough but also a great guitarist and and uh, he was my main inspiration along with you know wes montgomery you know you know julian bring all all, all all the great guitarists have definitely i've uh, listened a lot to them and uh, who of the folks that uh, you would encounter that were uh, guitarists that you admired um, who made an impact in you personally as you got to maybe know some of them what do you mean people i knew uh albert lee he was the first guitarist that uh, knocked me sideways. In fact, it's not a, 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 not a made-up story that when I opened for Chris Fowler and the Thunderbirds and we went to watch them, when Albert started playing, my band uh, had to hold me up. <laughs> I almost collapsed. He was so fantastic. And uh, Albert Lee's one of my... I'm a really huge fan of Albert Lee's. And um, basically... You know, of course, Hank Marvin, you know, I did meet up with Hank. I mean, I met Albert, thank goodness, and met up with Hank a few times. Um, the very early players, you know, were in two schools. They were either very good tune players like Hank and Dwayne Eddy. You know, they knew how to carry a tune. Or like Albert Lee, he knew how to improvise. And that was what I mainly wanted to do, you know, to learn about that. So, you know, many, many guitarists. You know, I was only 16 when I saw Wes Montgomery. Montgomery play live. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. So I've been very lucky to catch some of the greats. So you've uh, been a creative songwriter your entire career. Can you describe your your songwriting approach? Well, I mean, initially it was one, maybe still now, it's a vehicle, you know, for my guitar work. So in other words, you know, the songs are kind of important thing to me and, and I've enjoyed writing about my life and the, the, the way I see the world, if you like, and the ideas I've got for it. But it, it, it's also a vehicle for the guitar. So the two things work in tandem. And um, then I found that, yeah, you can sit down and doodle a lot, but I started writing just words, you know, random sort of things. And then I, later I... 
I'd see if I could kind of edit them into some shape that might fit with this tune or that tune. So basically, it was a learning curve. I did it a lot of different ways, you know, and I uh, did it on cassette recorders, on quarter-inch machines, you know, on 8-track, on digital 8-track, you know. And now, of course, Pro Tools is, is remarkable. But I still work at home fairly simply on a hard drive, but it's not a computer. I don't have to deal with computing. So basically, songwriting is something, if you want to do it, you just, you know, you just can't stop doing it, really. And I, sometimes I think, oh, I'm not writing lyrics anymore. I'm fed up with that. And then about three months later, I get an idea, and I think, that's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, it, like, it comes back on me. But mainly, solo guitar work is what I like writing. And those tunes on an album called Motif Volume 1, and I've got Motif Volume 2 coming out soon. And basically, that's solo guitar. And I love writing for that and playing other people's tunes. But, but basically, it, it is a big vehicle for my, uh, for my writing is my solo guitar piece. You know, Clat, Mood for a Day, those are the beginnings of it. But since then, I've written 25, 30 more pieces that, that uh, you know, I enjoy. Sketches in the sound, you know, all sorts of things. <laughs> How have you been able to balance being uh, uh, technologically brilliant as a guitarist with the emotion of playing guitar? Well, I don't know. That, that's that's got to be kind of a natural process. The two are kind of part of the same thing, you know. Um, so basically, uh, I would say that I notice how people play very precisely and and the, the emotion that you can you know it's timing you know it's all about how you how you position that note how you let it resonate or how you play a few more um i, I don't know where it's a lot easier to talk about that really because yeah you've got to be proficient on your instrument before you can be proficient in, in expressing yourself really so the first 10 years are a lot of noodling around having a lot of fun but i think after that and that was when I joined Yes. I think I, I knew that there was an emotional quality in this. It, you know, I mean, I was playing blues a lot. You know, it's pretty soulful stuff. And I was playing soul in a group called The In Crowd in the 60s with Keith West. And basically, I, I had dabbled with a lot of different music that did have an emotional sentiment, you know. So I think most music does, you know. Do you have a position on what artificial intelligence is going to do to uh, the technology of uh, recording music? Well, so far, technology is an amazing amount of things. You know, Pro Tools is, is a great example of very high, high state of... Uh, Hey, it's unbelievable working in Pro Tools, you know. Um, I do that when I've got my tracks and I've got something, then I move into Pro Tools with, with uh, Curry Schwartz, usually, the guy who's uh, engineered these Yes records for us. So basically, that is a uh, process. AI is a kind of scary factor. I mean, you know, what it can do is it's got to look out and nobody's got the reins. Just like when the Internet came along, nobody had the reins on, on censorship or anything. You know, it, it's all void of all the things that we valued about democracy was a sense of control. But there again, you know, maybe that went too far, but maybe this will go too far as well. So I would think I'm, I'm a little pessimistic that, that we need to be dominated by machines. But there again, you know, we're, we're, we're talking on a fundamental, you know, machine, you know, telephone. But basically, since then, we've gone to the moon, you know. So, I mean, you've got to own up. I mean, technology is unstoppable, really. 
as a uh, a legacy member of the band, uh, yes, you've witnessed um, you know firsthand lineup changes. Is is there a common theme? Why you think changes occur, and uh, and do you have a reason that why the band has been able to be so successful with this amazing longevity? Well, we've had to cope with all the changes, but they're never the same. You know, I mean, take Bill Bruford. You know, he left. <laughs> we didn't. Nobody wanted him to leave. Uh, so there's all sorts of paradoxical uh, reasons why things happen. One of the fundamental reasons is a guy falls out of sync with really where the general sense of the band is heading, and they become restless. And we notice that, and we think, well. This doesn't seem right, you know, and it, sometimes it's a shame, you know, but sometimes it's, it, 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 it just has to be, and there's changes, and there's changes you don't want, you know, nobody wants, and then there's changes that, that, that are a committee approach. Well, this isn't working well, so we're going to have to do something, you know. And it's a bit like an orchestra, you know, if you're the, if you're the first violinist, you, you, you can't mess up, you know, you can't keep messing up your tunes, otherwise they'll get another first violinist. And I guess, yes, it's, it's, that, it's that important, like, like the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra is, you know, it's important that, that what it does, it does very, very well. And that quality control, that idea that there is a, a level at which, yes, has to perform at, is totally, totally real. I mean, it's a demand, you know, it's an expectation. But at the same time, it's a demand, and those are the things that drive change. How's the relationship with you and John Anderson? You know, we don't have a lot of contact, but what, what we do have is we have love for each other, and we, we've allowed each other to get on with our lives. You know, that's a very important thing without, you know, sort of incarcerating each other in some historic expectation. You know, we're all free to move around and, and play the music we love and write the music we love and record and perform the music we love. So, um, yeah, I mean, John and I have some nice contacts sometimes, and I think we're very respectful of each other at all times. So let's talk about the new album, Mirror to the Sky. Tell me about uh, the process of uh, putting that together and um, describe maybe how you feel about it. So after we did the quest, uh, we were quite surprised that we we were still hungry for, for, for more. <laughs> but Thomas at the label, Inside Out, Sonny, they were very encouraging. said, well, you know, if you want to, you know, we'll definitely be there. If you want to do it with us, we want to be there with you. So basically, we, um, we took uh, the opportunity um, as that album was being released to start to, to conjure up this music. And basically, you know, we're, we're quite a happy team. We've got lots of ways that we work that work for everybody because that, that's what a producer has to find is a way that works for everybody, not just for the producer. That's an awful idea. But the idea is to, to make a harmonious place and uh, build and, and have a good team and, uh, you know, technical team as well. But also, you know, look at the management. All those things are important. And basically, um, you know, we do want to make music and uh, we do want to design it so that it has elements of what, yes, uh, 
yes, music is is about and, and can tell those kind of stories, the kind of semi-orchestrated of uh, orchestrations and arrangement. Mainly, yes, is an arranging band. We don't just like play a song with a lot of strumming for three minutes and then then it ends. We we, we kind of develop lots of riffs and, and, and counterparts and, and harmonies. So basically, yeah, we do want to do this. You know, we're happy doing it. Oh, congrats on, on Mirror to the Sky. I'm so happy for you. I could hear the excitement in your in your voice. When um, when you think about um, being a pioneer of progressive rock, um, can you describe what you think the impact of that entire great genre of music is? Well, I guess it's... Um it's a widening of uh, influences, you know, if you like, like the, up to the mid-60s, music was kind of contained within a certain format, uh, expectation, but I think with psychedelic uh, music, that became, oh, that became kind of wild and free and, and improvisational, and uh, that carried on in progressive rock, but, but what progressive rock brought to it was that word I used a minute ago, arrangement, because what that is mostly, if you hear a good progressive rock piece of music it's got a sense of arrangement but also a sense of fire and, and improvisation too because music's nothing without improvisation but improvisation's nothing without structure and that's something Chris Squire really believes that, that you know I could leap off the fingerboard providing he had a part that could hold it together yeah and that's what your teamwork's all about in a band it's all about sharing and then the vocal section you know so everybody's got to like okay find a place finding a place as a musician is, is what we're doing all the time finding the right sort of part at the right sort of level at the right sort of tone it's fascinating you know it really is what advice would you give to aspiring musicians who might be listening to this podcast? I, I think I did something recently where they asked me for five tips. Uh, um, one tip, uh, basically, is, is find, find your comfort zone, but be ready to kind of learn about making that work in other environments because your own comfort zone is really cushy you know you're sitting at home and you're noodling you know you're recording but i think you know what i've felt you know unless unless you're stevie wonder or you know you're somebody who can write everything and play everything then you you should learn you know the trade and by doing that you learn about your comfort zone like encouraging some comment and then you are able to comment on what the other musical idea that might be coming to you and it's about sharing yeah you learn to share it's not a very easy process i can tell you i was well sensitive when people said oh, i don't like that much <laughs> so you don't like it <laughs> you know, it's like how insulting but it's not it's it's a comment that you've got to learn to take on board and say i don't like that bit you know and uh, you've got to learn to to be strong, I guess. As you reflect on your Hall of Fame career, um, is there anything that uh, you might have done differently? <laughs> yeah, I would have kept ABWH going and not become Yes. Is that right? That would have been a big difference. But, you know, and that was Yes Union. So, I mean, a lot of people like Yes Union. But basically, it was a kind of steal from Thunder because ABWH did some great things and we went out on tour and we were 
quite happy to do that. And then suddenly we, we had the complications of, of uh, I think, three or four managers, three or four accountants, three or four labels, <laughs> eight musicians. It was really quite hard. But um, basically, that, that's what I would have done different. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful for the music that... Uh you've given through your career and that you continue to give congratulations on the uh, new yes album mirror to the sky uh, it's so great to catch up with you again steve howe on taking a walk all right thanks very much good to chat with you thanks so much uh, uh, thanks for your enthusiasm taking a walk with buzz Knight is available on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.